few weeks ago, uh, we, experienced, we experienced some historic weather. Snowmageddon down here in Austin. <laughs> That's what we've been calling it anyways. <laughs> Snowmageddon. Uh, but because historic ice, historic cold weather, historic snow. And because it was all historic, the state of Texas wasn't prepared to handle the history. And so we had rolling power, or we had power outages, rolling blackouts, and some people went uh, without power for a whole week. And because the power was down, it started impacting our water supply. Now, we didn't go without water for very long, but I have to be honest, knowing that I couldn't go to the sink and just turn it on and get a glass of water somehow made me feel thirstier. Uh, I had just as much water, but just that knowledge made me think that I was thirsty <laughs> and I needed more water. We all have this, this tick inside of us that as soon as we feel thirsty, we need to get water because we know that if we don't quench our thirst, it's eventually going to lead to something bad. And that bad is severe thirst and dehydration. And for those of us who have experienced dehydration, we know how serious that is on our body. We know how life-threatening that can be. Thankfully, many of us haven't ever felt severe thirst or dehydration. But we all do thirst. The Bible says just like we have a physical thirst, we have a spiritual thirst. And the scary thing is, is, is that though physical thirst, we can recognize the symptoms, it's a lot harder to recognize spiritual thirst and the symptoms that come along with it. Physical thirst, we get what? We get fatigued, we get thirsty, uh, we get dizzy, confused, it's hard to think straight. But spiritual symptoms can be chalked up to other things. For instance, the guy who's, who gets great, good grades, he's an all-A student, maybe 1B, and yet he has to be better. He can be better and he has to be. Why? Because it's when he's better that he gets moms and dads love and approval. It's because when he's better, then he proves that he is somebody. He chalks it up to inner drive, but really his soul is thirsty. Or what about her? She goes from boyfriend to boyfriend to boyfriend looking for Mr. Right. Why? Because she chalks it up to loneliness, but really her, her soul thirsts. Thirsts to be treasured, to be pursued, to feel special. She thirsts. Or what about her? She's got a very successful career. She's got a family, and all the kids are in activities. From the time she wakes up to the time she goes to bed, she is on the go. She leaves. She gets the kids to school. She goes to, and is very successful at work. She comes home, grabs the kids, gets them to their activities, comes home, eat, homework, bedtime, clean the house, bedtime for her, and it starts all again the next morning. She's tired. She's struggling but she can't give it any of it up. Why? She convinces herself she needs to be doing all these things, 
but really it's because her soul is thirsting. Thirsting for the praise and adoration of the people around her. She likes hearing her friends wowed by her. Because how can you do it all? Or what about him? His whole working career, all he could do was daydream about retirement. The day that he doesn't have to go to work anymore. And now that day is here. And now that it's here, he fills his day with all kinds of events and activities, but at night he lays down to bed and he wonders, do I matter? Do I matter? What's my purpose? And pretty soon he, he spirals down and he starts to become depressed. But really, his soul is thirsty. You see, we all experience spiritual thirst. What is it that you are thirsting for this morning? And where are you quenching your soul's thirst? This is why Jesus' fifth word from the cross is so important for us today. It's been six hours on the cross. Jesus was crucified at nine in the morning. It's now three in the afternoon. And here's the ending. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. There are several things to unpack from just these couple verses. The first is the very first line. Later knowing that everything had now been finished. What had been finished? Jesus talking with his mom and John? True enough, that, that conversation is now over. Is it now that everything's been finished, his life, he's got his affairs in orders? No. What has been finished is salvation has been completed. The night before Jesus died, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And do you remember his prayer? There he prayed what? Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. Then he went back a second time and said, Father, if there's no other way for this cup to be taken away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. What's the cup he's talking about? The cup of God's wrath. Throughout the entire Bible, God in the Old Testament and in Revelation talks about pouring out his cup of wrath on the nations. Pouring out and making his enemies drink the cup of his wrath. And Jesus, on the cross, takes the cup of God's wrath and he drinks it down. All of it. He drinks down the cup of God's wrath for your sin and for my sin. It started when he was arrested, continued while he was beaten, whipped, continued while he was falsely accused, continued as he's on the cross and God forsakes him. And now what does he know? The cup is empty. It's gone. He drank it down to the very end. He drank down with, with all its bitterness, 
with the fiery burning sensation of hell burning inside of him as he drank down the cup of God's wrath. Why? So that you and I will never even have a shot glass of God's wrath because our sins have been forgiven. Salvation is complete. He drank it down for us. He knows on the cross at this very moment, it's done. Your salvation has been complete. And yet there's the next phrase, isn't there? So that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. Isn't it amazing? Even to the very end, after he even knows that salvation has been complete, Jesus continues to fulfill Scripture. To his dying breath, he fulfills Scripture. And he says, I'm thirsty. Think about when Jesus had to feel this thirst. The last time he had something to drink was probably 10 p.m. at the latest on Thursday night. It's now Friday at 3 p.m. That's already a long time to go without water. But now consider what Jesus has been through over the night. Arrested, dragged from one house to Pilate's house over to Herod, back to Pilate. He's been beaten. He's been whipped. And now he's been on the cross crucified. And if you've ever had loss of blood, or if you've ever gone and given blood, what do they make you do before you leave? Eat something and drink something. Because blood loss dehydrates you. Imagine how thirsty he must be at this very moment. Imagine how thirsty he must have been earlier than this, but he hasn't said anything. Why? Because he's been too busy drinking the cup of God's wrath. The Son of God lowered himself, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or used to his own advantage. And that's what we see here. He confines himself to what we're confined to, needing water, and he thirsts. And he says, I am thirsty. Why? To fulfill Scripture. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about Psalm 22? That's a psalm that starts with, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that psalm, if you go back and read it again, in that psalm it says, My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Potsherd's a piece of pottery in the Middle East that is buried and it's in the sand and it just dries out. There's no moisture in it whatsoever. And this is a prophecy about Jesus. Jesus fulfills it. All of it. For us. It, it, kind of think of it this way. When I'm up here preaching, my manuscript is right here, by the way. My manuscript is right here, written out. When I preach, do I preach it word for word? If I gave you the manuscript, would you be able to just follow it along and it be word for word? No. I get the gist. You get the general idea of what I, of what I wrote. Uh, but sometimes what I write, I find that when I preach it, it, it's, it doesn't make very good sense to preach it like I wrote it. So I make some adjustments. I, I put it in a better way. Think of the Old Testament as Jesus' sermon. He he spoke it word for word. He fulfilled it word for word. 
everything written about him was fulfilled, even to the point of saying, I am thirsty. Why? So that you and I can look at Jesus and we can say, He's the one. He's the one. Look at, He's fulfilled everything in the Old Testament. He drank the cup of God's wrath. He even, to the point of saying, I am thirsty from the cross, of thirsting, of his, of his tongue sticking to the roof of his mouth, of his mouth dried up like a potsherd, so we can look and say, He's the one. He's the one. And as he gets that thirst quenched, as they give him just that little bit, moisture's back in his mouth, just enough to say, it is finished. What he knew, he made known to you and me. And we know that he is the Savior because he fulfills all Scripture, even to the point of the Son of God thirsting from the cross. It's so that we can look to him and know without a doubt that he is our Savior, the Messiah. And so here's your point today. Your one point. Jesus endured physical thirst that my spiritual thirst might be quenched. Jesus fulfilled all the Old Testament Scriptures even to the point of thirsting from the cross so that you and I will never be thirsty spiritually again. Why? Because our sins have been removed. Our sins have been removed and now we can go to Jesus and drink from the living water and be satisfied. There, we get our thirst quenched for forgiveness. There, we get our thirst quenched for love, for acceptance. There, we get our thirst quenched and we matter. There, we get our thirst quenched for eternal life. There, we get our thirst quenched to never be alone. There, we get our thirst quenched when we're weary and burdened. It's by Jesus that our thirst is quenched. And we know it because he fulfilled all Scripture so that we could know without a doubt that he is the one. So where are you fulfilling your thirst? What are you thirsting for? And where are you drinking from to quench it? Are you looking for love and approval? Are you looking to, to be somebody and are you looking, are you drinking from your parents, from your boss, from those around you? If so, are you satisfied? Are you looking to be treasured, to feel special, to be pursued? If so, are you looking to drink from a boyfriend, a girlfriend, your husband, your wife? If so, are you satisfied? Are you looking to have praise and adoration and receive it? Are you looking to be a success? If so, where are you drinking from? Is it the praise and adoration of friends? Of a pastor? Of a boss? If so, are you satisfied? Are you looking to matter? To feel like you matter? Are you looking for purpose and meaning in life? If so, where are you drinking from? Is it from your work? Is it from a role that you play in life as a mother, as a father? 
If so, are you still thirsty? If we drink from anyone other than Jesus, our souls will never be quenched. We will be on this constant run looking and searching to quench our thirsty souls, but we'll never be satisfied. It's kind of like this. I'm sure all of you have been wondering what this is. It is now time, the part in the sermon, for us to engage all of this. If we drink from anyone or anything other than Jesus, it's kind of like drinking coffee. As much as I, it hurts me to say this because I love this stuff so much, it is kind of like drinking from this coffee. We start filling ourselves, and what do we do? We convince ourselves that we're getting full, that we're getting satisfied. But really, what does coffee do? It dehydrates us. And it can never fill us. And because we're sinful, it continues to go out of us, and we need more of it, and more of it, and more of it. The only problem? It runs out. Our parents leave. Their love is never enough. Our bosses praise and adoration. Never enough. A boy or a girl's pursuit, being treasured by them, is never enough. Looking to our roles and our work to feel like we matter is never enough. And eventually, they all run out. Instead, when we, when we drink from the living water, from Jesus, what happens? We still have that hole in our heart, but notice what happens. We're constantly full and satisfied. Are you looking for love and approval? Are you looking to be accepted, to know that you matter? Look to the cross. There you find how much love God loves you and approves of you because of Jesus' perfect life, because he died for you. Are you looking to be pursued, to be treasured? Are you looking to feel special? Look to the cross. How much more special can you get? The God of this world lowered himself to be thirsty from the cross so that you know how special you are to him. Are you looking for praise and adoration? Because of Jesus and what he did for us at the cross, your sins have been removed, and now the Bible says that God rejoices over us with singing. Think about that. We come to church to praise and worship Jesus and sing songs to him, and yet the God of this world is in heaven singing over you because Jesus thirsted and died for you. Are you looking to matter? Are you looking for purpose in life? Look to the cross. There you see how much you matter to the God of this world. There you see your purpose in life that now you get to live for him who quenches your thirst and continues to fill your cup forever. The great thing about drinking from Jesus, the living water, is he never goes out. He never goes out. There's always more. So, 
What is your soul thirsty for? What are you looking for? Drink from Jesus. Drink from Jesus, your Savior, who thirsted from the cross so that your soul never has to be thirsty again. Because there He removed your sin. There He covered it. There He thirsted to fulfill all Scripture so you can look to Him and know without a doubt this is the Son of God. This is my Savior who fulfilled it all so that all the promises of God apply to me. There, run, drink, and you will never be thirsty again. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank you that you humbled yourself so much that you even thirsted from the cross. There on on the cross, you not only died, but you experienced what we do, uh, which is thirst and the need for water. You didn't have to do any of that. But you did it all so that we would know without a doubt that you are our Savior, that you are the Messiah, that you fulfill all Scripture, and that because you do, we can look to you when you say it is finished and know without a doubt that our sins are forgiven, that we are at peace with God, and now we get to drink from you. There our souls are satisfied as you invite us to come to you and uh, drink. And you promise that as we do, rivers of life will flow from within. And so we come to you today to drink from you. There we are filled with your love, your forgiveness. There we know that we matter. There we know that we are pursued and treasured and special because there we see how much you treasure us. Be with us today. Help us always to run back to you again and again and drink from the living water. And there we will find rest for our thirsty souls. In your name we pray. Amen. Turned off the wrong thing. We will continue with the Apostles' Creed. Uh, Apostles' Creed ran 100 A.D., written uh, for two purposes. Number one, uh, in 100 A.D., that the Bible wasn't compiled into one big book. And so, how do what do Christians believe? They need a statement of faith. And so here it is. The other thing uh, that they used this for was parents used it to teach their children the message of the gospel. And so we're going to say the statement of faith today uh, to confess with Christians from 100 A.D. Please stand as we confess our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his 